Welcome to The Music Buzz, the podcast where we talk music, pop culture, and current events while we get a good buzz. We're your hosts, Justine Avila and Lauren Brumley. Sup, fam. Happy summer. Happy rosé. Ah, it's J-Lo here. We're sipping rosé. And we're trying to stay cool because it is officially summer. It is hot AF outside. It is hot as hell. Even though we're, uh, what, one week away from Memorial Day? Yeah. Um, it's already, it, we already know it's going to be a blistering summer. Right. When it's in the 90s before it's, Memorial Day. Exactly. Um, so we're in for a hot one. We're wishing everyone that is at Hangout Fest, like, all of the ice waters in the world. Yes, so that stay, they hydrated, stay hydrated, guys. <laughs> hydrated and cool. We really have had... Um, at least a full glass of rosé each already. So just it, things are getting it. wild. Things are going to get wild today. Um, so speaking of podcasts. <laughs> In addition to ours. Um, a current trend right now has been uh, popular podcasts have been doing a lot of live shows. And it's been insane how popular that they've been. Which I guess it makes sense because podcasts have become so super popular over the last few years. And mm-hmm. so like people are listening to podcasts almost as much as they're listening to music. Right. So it's like if artists are selling out concerts, then it makes sense that these podcasters are going to be selling out live podcasts. But it is an interesting format of a live show. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of surprising, I guess, in that way that, that but, they're selling out. But but to your point, it speaks, I think, to the popularity of it. Yeah. Like even, um, do you listen to Guy Raz's uh, How I uh, Built This? Great podcast. Great yeah. podcast. And he has like live audiences for his, but I'm assuming he's in like an auditorium filled with people. Oh, he's got to be. Yeah, that's a yeah. big one. Yeah, that's a massive one. And then we were talking about... Um, Stassi Schroeder. Yeah. Um, but, one of the witches of WeHo from Vanderpump Rules. Oh, so good. Her we podcast, were, Straight Up With Stassi. She's just started a little tour. Is of live it, podcasts. So is that the podcast and the book together? Is that like what the show is? So I actually don't know. That's a good question. I think the tour is just the podcast, but she also did just release a book called... Just Basic or Keeping uh, It Basic. Something basic. Simply Basic. I don't know. Something. <laughs> Simply Basic. <laughs> Simply so, Basic sounds like a line at Target of Home Goods. <laughs> Stassi, you're Simply welcome. Basic. It's copyrighted simply basic buy your curtains sheets towels but speaking of stassi you've been keeping up on vanderpump rules right yeah uh i'm shook i don't even know really how to decompress from it and it's been a lot it's been a it's been a lot this reunion well and i don't know if it was you or someone else was saying that like they weren't even that impressed with the season but the reunion has made it like all worth it. Yeah, I think that was me. And oh, it was you. I'll give you credit. Thank you. Um, but I remember seeing like something on social media, maybe from Jax or one of them being like, this is the craziest reunion ever. I don't yeah. know if we're going to be friends after all of this. Well, it's three parts. I know. I wonder Which if is this crazy. is the craziest one for Andy too. Oh my gosh. Well, the last episode of the reunion andy had to yell at them to shut up yeah which is just gold very explicit words oh my gosh because he just was at his wits end with the entire i love when andy gets mad i know because it takes a lot for him to get mad oh yeah like he puts up with so much right and he's very concerned about everyone's feelings and stuff and i mean on this one he was just like i need you guys to be quiet 
Yes. He's their dad, pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. Uh, but a cool dad, obviously. I am out here trying to get everyone I know to watch Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. A lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. And I'm like, guys, you don't understand. You don't have to be a woman to enjoy this show. Right. It is quality television. It's just a bunch of young, beautiful people working at a restaurant in LA. Are they in LA? Yeah. Yeah. In LA and having dramatic lives in their 20s and 30s. It's just like, it's a hot mess. You yeah, watch it, it and you're stressed because you're like, these people's lives are just dramatic 24 seven, but it's so entertaining and it will truly make you feel better about your own life. You're like, yeah, you watch think, them and you're like, you know what? My I'm drama's not that, not that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Like I've got my stuff semi together totally. compared to them. So I'm doing okay. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, this was like kind of a wild season and I think we chatted about when they came to Nashville because everyone oh, yeah. was freaking out about that. Um, they were in town for the Fleetwood Mac show and stayed in town and stuff. And then people were like following them. Oh, yeah. Like they well, were celebrities. Jax kept going on Instagram live from Urban Outfitters. And I was really mad because I had actually just been at Urban Outfitters right before they went there. And I was like, oh, I could have met them. But they were in there because Schwartz forgot to pack underwear. Of course he did. Which is the most Schwartz thing I've ever heard. Right. And so they had to go buy new underwear at Urban Outfitters. And he was just Instagram living the whole thing. They went to the show, obviously, at Bridgestone to mm-hmm. see Fleetwood. And then I think they went out on Broadway after. Yeah. So well, they were out and about. Stassi's boyfriend, I think, grew up here or is from here. Something like that. Because yeah. he was like, hey, guys, thanks for all the recommendations. But I'm actually very familiar with Nashville. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And um, I was like, what? I had no idea. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. But... This is what I was going to ask you kind of before we jumped into Vanderpump was I was talking to our friend Andrew and we were talking about like the popularity of Stassi and how it's almost like come full circle and it's really done a 180 because at the beginning of the show, she was a nightmare. I mean, it was even brought up on the reunion right. where they asked Bo like, uh, did you watch any of the episodes to see what you were getting into? And he was like, yeah, and I was really scared. <laughs> um, but she like, you know, there was like the famous episode where she was like, it's my birthday. Oh, and every year and, on yeah. her birthday. <laughs> yeah. And she would make them take like really expensive trips and like right. all of the stuff. And she would just act like a demon. But now she's like come full circle and is like a human and like own those mistakes. And she's like, yeah, I try to like drink less. So like what, whatever she calls it, like dark side the dark passenger yeah, dark yeah. passenger doesn't come out. Totally. She is a prime example of someone who's had a comeback story on reality TV, which is like, I feel like this happens on like the bachelor a lot. It's like, there's a villain or somebody who they make out to be the villain. And then they come on another show and you realize, Oh, like they're actually not that bad. They were just, you know, whatever. Stassi's is pretty impressive because she was like a lot, but I, I was telling our friend Andrew, I was like, I think it's actually really relatable because everyone like goes through that disaster period in their life. And they're like, Ooh, was I really that person? And then you like, kind of grow up and you're like, I'm better now. And then you can like joke about that. Like, yeah, call it your dark passenger. Well, I think when you're in your early twenties, especially it's like you think that you're justified in acting all the ways that you're acting and you think, right. you know, everything. Yeah, and yeah. then you actually grow up and you're like, Oh, like I don't now know I'm more anything. self-aware. Mm-hmm. I realize I was being ridiculous. Yeah. And, for sure. And you grow at least, you most know, most of us, most of us. <laughs> 
But yeah, she's had a good comeback and I'm proud of her. And now she she's also had some issues in the past couple of years, even on her podcast. Right. Kind of making off-color comments. But now I think she knows how to handle them and like apologize when she needs to apologize and change when she needs to change. And so she's like actually grown, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is like nice. I think yeah. that's like why people love her. Her tour, the Northeastern tour that they put on sale, I guess, this past week. Yeah. For the book and the podcast, sold out in less than an hour. I mean, craziness. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. That but is we nuts. were just looking at her Instagram. I think it was yesterday. She has, I think, 1.5 million Instagram followers yeah. alone. And that if, if that crazy. many people follow her on Instagram, think about all the people that watch the show that don't even have Instagram. Right. Yeah. 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 And like, they for sure want to go like see her. It's crazy. And honestly, in a live podcast, all you're going to do is sit there and listen to them talk for. An right. hour and, and a half. that's all people, people want. Yeah, people love her that much. And They're like, yes, please sign bit, me up. The favorite thing that I've been seeing, I guess it's on her social media and like maybe in magazines or whatever, but like fan art, they like oh, give yeah. her all of these presents and it's like mainly stuff about her boyfriend, Bo. It's like Bo's the greatest. Like they put his <laughs> face on like candy and stuff, but it's like very time consuming handcrafted pieces, oh, like yeah. cards and signs and stuff. Like, it's very impressive. It is. Those people give them to her hoping to get on the gram, for sure. Yeah, for sure they do. No shame. But still, like, I I was thinking about it in, like, a music context. And, like, it used to be a big thing for fans to give their artists, like, gifts. But I don't think that that really happens anymore for, like, safety purposes. Right. Like, how do you give them something? Right. Well, and a lot of a lot of bands and artists have like PO boxes set up. Yeah. But even that, I mean, but I mean, you know. like, you know, I'm thinking about at shows where yeah. people would make like these huge signs and right. stuff like that and like leave bags and stuff on the stage. Yeah. Like that doesn't oh, yeah. happen at all no. anymore for safety. Totally. It's like, oh, that's like a lost form. But yeah, no, you're yeah. right. I mean, we they still have like the PO boxes and the management and the labels and stuff like that that yeah. people send to. Well, and a lot of like meet and greets and stuff, they'll say you can't bring in right. yeah, things yeah, yeah. to sign. Or if you want something signed, it has to be something that you buy here. And right. it'd it's be like, like some homemade thing you made. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Hmm. Wild. Very um, wild. Also, another live podcast that's been crazy is Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelor. And we saw her with... um girl with no job, right? Didn't oh, she yeah. come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Justine and I went to see Girl with No Job at Zany's in mm-hmm. Nashville sometime last year. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. So <laughs> when they made that announcement, I was like, Lauren, who is this? Yeah, they well, I, I had heard there was a special guest. They didn't say who it was. And then they brought out Caitlin and everyone's going wild. And Justine was like, whoa. <laughs> Wait, who is this? <laughs> Wait, who are we hooping and hollering for? Yeah. Yeah, but she has her own podcast called um, Off the Vine with okay. Caitlin Bristow. But she mostly like talks to reality TV people and they just kind of shoot the shit for lack of a better phrase. Right. Um, And her live podcast, she has Brandy Cyrus, okay. Miley Cyrus's sister, DJ. Oh, so wow. there's like music and then she'll have a live guest at each of the shows and oh, that's it's cool. really wild, but it's truly like just a whole bunch of bachelorette parties that yeah. are like living their lives. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure it like does well. She has a huge following oh, yeah. too. She, ha- I think she has at least a million followers as well. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Super People crazy. love reality TV. And I think we, t- I don't know if we talked about this on a podcast, but we've definitely talked about this IRL. 
But in real life, for <laughs> yeah. those of you that don't know what that means. Thank you for translating. I remember looking at Marin Morris's Instagram and she had like less than half a million followers. And then you look at these reality mm-hmm. TV and they're over a million. And you're like, what? I just feel like in my mind, Marin Morris is bigger than any of these reality TV people, but like people love reality TV. Oh, totally. And then I, I think we talked about this. I remember seeing like on Marin's Instagram, I think she was, she was at like uh, a songwriter's house a really big songwriter and they had like a real housewives night and they were drinking wine and like watching the real housewives oh, yeah. and it's like oh okay even like our artists are watching this oh yeah you know what I mean it's yeah. like stuff you don't really like to admit but now it's just become like the norm totally. so it's like okay to like actually admit you watch this yeah like I don't even when people ask me what my guilty pleasure is anymore I'm like I don't have any like I'm proud <laughs> I do I lame say, things and I'm proud. <laughs> I still say trashy TV is my I mean, guilty yeah. Sorry, I, Bravo. I mean, I, I love Bravo, but that is. You feel guilty about it. I do. Afterwards, I'm yeah. like, wow. Wow. I just spent an hour watching that. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't feel guilty <laughs> watching it or enjoying it or talking about it. But when I talk about it in front of someone who's like very obviously judging me, I'm just like, don't judge me. Yeah. Like, me what's alone. your guilty pleasure? Totally. Like, you definitely have one, and I will find it, and I will right. haunt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has it. It's just, like, a matter of, like, what right. it is. But. Absolutely. And you know what? Reality TV is just an escape. You no. know? Yeah. And like it's you said, it, like, makes you feel better because you're like, oh, wow. Like, they're a disaster. I'm not that bad. Yeah. And it's something you can – first of all, you can watch it and kind of, like, not have to think for a while. It's right. like we go to work all day. We're working our butts off. You come home, you probably do your side hustle or we record a podcast or we go to a show and it's like your brain is constantly on and working and it's sometimes you just need to, yeah, to turn like, it turn off, off a little bit. <laughs> well, and even with like uh, the really good shows out now too, like those require concentration. Exactly. And yeah. like, I know I'm going to be whatever, crucified for saying this. I'm not up to date on Game of Thrones. Please, no one text, call, whatever. <laughs> and I've been living under a rock, so none of it's Don't been harass spoiled. Us. But, like, to your point, when I watch an episode, like, I can't be cleaning or, like, yeah. on the computer, like, because you'll miss something. Right. So you have to sit down and fully watch that episode, and it's like your brain is kind of working. Yeah. So, like, exactly. it's sometimes trashy TV. You need your brain off. Yeah. And the thing about reality TV, too, at least – at least like lifestyle reality shows, mm-hmm. the longer you watch them, the more invested you get in like the human stories. You know what I mean? Right. And it's yeah, like yeah. as fake as some of it may be, you still get invested in like those people and you're like learning about human beings and it's interesting from like a psychological standpoint to watch them go through different life phases and like friendships. Right. And yeah, yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah. You know? Totally. No shame. I will ro- I will watch all the reality shows for the rest of time, and I'm not ashamed. Yeah, they're good. Attack me. Roast me. I don't care. Roast. <laughs> Speaking of shows, we have been seeing so many promos for the new show Songland. Yes, with Ryan Tedder, Tedder Charlie yeah. Puth, Shane McNally. Oh, is Charlie Puth on it too? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize. For all the Poothers. Wow. The Poothers. Um, Poothers. <laughs> and who else is on there? Uh, Esther Dean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who, if you don't know who Esther Dean is, she's an incredible songwriter who also was in the Bellas on the Pitch Perfect movie. 
Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but she's written for like Rihanna and Beyonce, wow. I'm pretty sure. Like huge, cool. huge artists. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting show and I'm excited to watch it as a songwriter. Like I'm particularly intrigued and I'm, ex- yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how other people who aren't songwriters receive it. You know what I mean? Well, I thought it was interesting too from like the Nashville perspective, right? Because here like the songwriters are almost as famous as like the artists. Yeah. Because that's like how this town was built on songwriting. Right. But like that's not necessarily the case in like the pop world in LA and stuff. Yeah. And this show is really, I guess, speaking to like an audience appetite of wanting to know how songs are made because you have the front end, right? Like the voice Mm -hmm. that has all the artists artists there and like people that want to be artists. But like this is giving you the back end of how to write a song or like how songs are written. That's a good point. I was like, oh, interesting. Like, I mean, Clearly, they saw a need for it, so they're like, okay, people want to see this. Yeah. But I was like, oh, wow, like, people outside of Nashville and even the music industry in general mm-hmm. care. Yeah. You know? And now that you say that, like, I've definitely had friends throughout life be like, I just want to, like, come and sit in in the room mm-hmm. while you write a song because I'm so curious of how this works. And I'm like, nope, like, <laughs> that will never happen because then I won't actually write a song. But, like, it makes sense that people are curious because you don't if you if you don't do it then it's hard to understand how how the sausage is made, as they say. Well, so that's funny you say that because I've actually never been in a room when a song has been written and I really wanted to, but yeah. at, most people I know are like, yeah, I don't, like, I either write by myself or when I'm in a co-write, like, it's you being goofy or, like, you know what I mean, just bouncing ideas off mm-hmm. of each other. So there's usually no one just sitting in. Oh, yeah. And right. then I watched... um last weekend the Ed Sheeran documentary Mm -hmm. and it was all about songwriting and it was capturing like I guess his cousin is a filmmaker who he's grown up with so he's comfortable with him so he like allowed the camera to be in the room while like he was with Foy Vance and um Benny Blanco just like writing songs and like it's kind of crazy. He was, ha, have you seen it yet? No, it sounds awesome. You need to watch, watch it. it. It's on, I think it's an exclusive on Apple Music. Oh, so okay. sign up for a trial and watch it. Uh, all um, right. But he was like on the bus fiddling around and he was like, oh, it's like, you know, when you like, like someone, but they're just full of themselves. And then he was like, you can go and F yourself. But then it turned into like, you should go and love yourself. And then that was like Bieber's big yeah. uh, hit. And like, it was just him like fiddling around being yeah. like, yeah, this is like what I'm playing with. And like, he doesn't really talk to the camera at all. He just talks to like the other person. Right. And like, you kind of see almost like how his brain works. So you're just kind of like a fly on the wall. Totally. Watching. And it's, it's just really, really cool that it's, I don't know, sometimes it seems like it's like this super magical thing, but it's like. In reality, it's like a very real thing. Like mm-hmm. he's going through some stuff and this is where he pulls from. Yeah, right. So I don't know. Well, and there was a show on Bravo called Platinum Hit mm. that was kind of a similar idea. It was with Carity Aguardi okay. um, and a couple other people. I can't remember who the other judges and like hosts were, but it was a songwriting competition show, which I, is essentially what Songland is going to be from what I understand. Yeah. Um. And I loved it. Like I watched, I was amped for every episode, but it only had one season, sadly. Oh, got so it. So that's partially too why I'm like kind of interested to see how this goes. But 
it was a great show and it was cool to see them because they would either some episodes they would have like individual competitions and they would Mm -hmm. each write a song some of them they'd get in different groups and write a song and it's like interesting to see the artists kind of battle each other for whose idea was going to win which is totally what happens in a co-write it's like whose idea is going to be the one that you you know go with and then once you decide on that idea like whose input is going to fit in here and who's going to you know who's going to input what and it's really it was super interesting to watch and i still listen to some of the songs they're on spotify you should check them out um but it was a cool show and so i'm hoping that i'm hoping that songland will be that as well and it was it was kind of cool to see from the platinum hit show, like Cara Diaguardi giving these people advice mm-hmm. when they would, you know, bring those songs and her critique critiquing them. So I'm excited to hear that with Songland with like Ryan Tedder and Shane McAnally. Like I'm, I would love as a songwriter and an artist myself, like I'm going to love hearing what they have to say to other people in their critiques. Right. And it's probably very different critiques, right? Between because they them. all write like in different styles. Totally. Yeah. So, that's, I think, an added element in and of itself. Yeah. Well, because, like, between the three of them, I mean, Shane McAnally is predominantly country. Uh, Esther Dean is hip-hop. Ryan Tedder is pop. Right. And rock, and apparently now country. But, like, they all kind of span a lot of different styles And that's probably what they wanted. Yeah. So you have, like, all the different genres in there. Yeah. Right. That'll be interesting. It definitely will. I'm excited to see it. I hope it does well. Well, this is the thing, too. The Voice and American Idol still are so popular somehow after this long, but I don't know how something new coming along is going to do mm-hmm. longevity-wise. I don't know. I mean, I I honestly don't know how these networks pick what's going to be popular and like what's not. But well, like there's yeah, there's got to be some formula to it. There's got to be, but also like you really can't. You can only predict so far what people right. are going to enjoy and actually stick on to. Yeah. I mean, I think you can predict, oh, there's an appetite for it. Mm-hmm. You don't know how successful it's going to be. Totally. Like, is it going to go whatever, viral or whatever it is where yeah. everyone's like, oh, I got to watch this. Yeah. I just feel like it's hard in general for a new show to pick up steam. Well, because there's so much content out there's there. There's so much. Like, yeah. I was talking to um, a friend and they were like, I was telling them about Game of Thrones, and then they were like, oh, yeah, you got to watch Westworld. And then I was like, yeah. Oh, Westworld my- is so good, though. See, there you go. And then um, they were like, yeah. And then I was saying, oh, yeah, I want to go see the new Avengers movie with my brothers. They were like, well, you need to see the one before that. And I'm like, I'm overwhelmed by the amount yeah. of content I need to watch to catch up with everyone. Who has the hours like, in a day? I, I need to take, like, months off from work to be like, <laughs> I just need to catch up on all of these things. Yeah. And it's like, it almost stresses me out. And I know I've said that before, but there's just so much content. There really is. Yeah. But also what I was going to say, and this is like a bit of a pivot, if you will. Pivot. But speaking of Ryan's header, he just released a new song with um, Thomas Rhett. Yeah. Called Beer Can't Fix. What do you think about it? I think it's kind of catchy. It is kind of catchy. It's kind of catchy. There's been a couple of beer songs out, but I also was thinking about it. And maybe it's like the season. We're about right. to hit that's summer, true. so like you need all your fun summer anthems. So and we're gonna get we're gonna get songs about tailgating, yeah, beer, the lake, at least in the country world, right? And that's what I was gonna say. Like people who are listening to country, that's what they want in the summer. They want like, right. and we're about to hit CMA fests. Like those tall boys will be all <laughs> over Nashville. 
yeah we're about to we're about to be in a wild time mm-hmm. but there really there are so many songs about beer it's yeah. overwhelming it's like well luke combs wrote like beer never broke my heart or something yes that's the new but one luke combs also has a song called beer can and the like hook is nothing picks me up like a beer can which is I mean, a double entendre which i like at least that's clever do you love it i love the i love that but like I don't necessarily love a bunch of songs about beer. Yeah. I mean, like, I say I don't, but then when I'm outside, like, on a patio and, like, a (laughs) beer song comes on, I'm like, well, yeah, okay. But I don't know about, like, on the reg. And I really think it's, like, a song of summer thing where people are trying to, like, create their song of summer anthems. I just feel like I want more from country music, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. It's, like, some things are just so overdone and... I think a lot of artists now are leaning into it and they're like, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to like steer into the skid when it's like, no, why don't you just do something different? Like it's interesting when like Maren Morris, it's like she doesn't have songs about like traditional things that like women in country have had songs about, you know, like she's she's coming up with fresh ideas and something new and it's like she still is country, but she's doing something different. Right, right, right. And it's just like, I want more. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think you have the right as a fan to demand more. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm here to support. But I'm curious to see what new songs still come out as like, especially in country as we hit CMA Fest. Yeah. And then probably more people will release stuff closer to Bonnaroo too, because that's a big thing to release a song like during your Bonnaroo set or that's whatever true. now. Yeah. Or for Bonnaroo. Um. But there's like always that summer argument. That's what I was going to get to was is always like, what's the song of summer? Like Justin Timberlake had like, can't stop the feeling. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think this is my personal opinion. Taylor was going for it with me. But I think it was a swing and a miss. If that's what she was going for. I don't I don't know that it's going to be the song of summer. Yeah. What is going to be? Maybe we don't even have the song. of summer. I mean, we're not technically even in summer. I mean, it's hot enough to be summer. Right. That's true. If if it has come out already, I think I have to say it is the Justin Bieber Ed Sheeran song. Ooh. I don't care. So I, does that mean you like it? Like I what do. are your thoughts? Um I I was kind of like a seven out of ten on it when I first heard it the first time. And every time since then, I like it more and more. Okay, I the think- concept is kind of stupid, but it's just a feel good song. I love their both of their voices surprisingly sound good together. I never would have imagined that, right? But they actually sound good together, and it's it's a bop. Like I just want to I want to be on an island with drinking a mojito with your person being like I don't care. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, totally. I agree with you on that, but also I was g- thinking like. After I'm basically an Ed Sheeran expert now. After watching that documentary, I maybe, (laughs) but like they were talking about how on his album Divide he needed like an up tempo kind of hit, and then he wrote um, Shape of You, Mm. and that was like the biggest song that broke all the records off of that album. And like I'm sure that it like this one was like let's do another like up tempo hit, and he wrote this, and it's so simple Mm -hmm. that. That's why it's so good. Yeah. You know? Right. Even though, I, I, so I love the song, but I don't love the music video, which it shouldn't even matter because 
I don't know that music videos are the biggest things yeah. right now, but I just thought it was like silly. Just I haven't watched it yet. You need to watch it. Yeah. It's like Oh, I think I saw a clip of it though. Isn't it like basically a ripoff of the John Mayer um new light video where like he did a make your own music video in one of those like mall kiosk type of things? Yeah. So Kind of, but I think this was, like, actually high budget because they, like, pieced together the green screens and it, like, showed you it was a green screen. I don't Mm. know. It was just, like, it was goofy. And I was, like, okay. It was fine. I just, like, didn't love it. Well, and, like, I expect Goofy from Justin, but I do not expect Goofy from Ed Sheeran. Yeah. So, I don't don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll do well because, like, Fans will probably still like it, but I was just like, mm, this is a little goofy. I don't like yeah. love, love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the song is a bop. It is uh, a bop. But speaking of music videos, I read online and they didn't give me the number, but they said that Taylor's Me video was probably estimated to cost northwards of seven figures. Dang. Like to, to make it? Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I would believe that. Yeah. So did did you watch it? Did you like it? Oh heck yeah, I watched it. So you watched the premiere. Oh yeah. Like at midnight or whenever it came out. Yeah, I did too. I of course. Like I feel like everyone Yeah, it was just like everyone well, who's anyone did. Also, Sorry if you we didn't. have to talk about it because we live in Nashville. Like maybe before talking about the music video, we have to talk about like the mural, which oh, I yeah. did not believe. Like everyone was telling me they're like oh it's her mural and I was like no all of y'all are just like being crazy just reading online rumors like it's not hers it was hers it was hers I was skeptical as well I I really wasn't sure and then I was actually at work in a Mm -hmm. conference in New York and I had it pulled up on my computer the live stream from the news because some girl who worked at a news station posted in this Facebook group that I'm in and she was like hey, just a heads up, if you like Taylor, you might want to turn on this news stream. And it was the news team at the mural. And so it was like, obviously she's going to be there. Yeah. Um. So at that point, I knew when I was watching it at my work conference and my friend sitting next to me was like, ooh, what you watching? And I was yeah, like, yeah. don't worry about it. It's fine. Um. But yeah, that was super wild. And people, it was crazy to watch people flock to the mural because at the beginning people didn't really believe that she was showing up so there were like 30 people there yeah yeah yeah. and then the more like people started telling their friends and then as soon as she showed up or like somebody saw her security guard or something before they saw her and like Mm -hmm. recognized them and people like flooded we have friends that work in the gulch and they like which is where the mural is yeah yeah and they essentially dipped out of work and we were like, hey, I was at work and I was texting them being like, hey, are you guys down there? And they like sent back selfies in front of the <laughs> mural. And I was like, of course you are. Uh, of course. Um, but I mean, it was a clever way to release a song title. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what she did. Yeah. And I was so confused because I was like, no way the song is just called me exclamation mark. It, but then it was. But then it was. And so, OK, so hopping back to the, the video, video. what do you think? So I was, like I said, I was in New York and I was at my friend's apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, My two friends who are like Taylor, well, mostly my one friend, Jake, what's up, Jake, Um, is a Taylor Swift fanatic, like number one fan. And so I was with him. So we obviously like, we had a countdown going. We were like listening to other Taylor music before (laughs) to get ready. We were like talking about theories. We were reading Reddit. We were reading Facebook. It was a whole thing. 
Totally. And like it, it made me more excited to be with somebody who was like so excited about it. I was like, all right, I can get into this. Yeah. I can get invested. Um, and so we watched the video live and my first thought was like, the video is really entertaining for sure. I enjoyed the video a lot. The song I was like, I guess underwhelmed by, I didn't right. not like it, but yeah. I just wasn't, I, I wasn't that impressed by it. Mm-hmm. I know that Taylor is capable of better than that. But I like, you know, Jake was really excited. So I was like, oh, I was, I was being skeptical. Um, And me and my friend Mark were like kind of talking crap about it a little bit, just like playful. Right. In jest. Yes. And we just kept watching the video like four times in a row. And then by the end of the night, me and Mark were like, ooh, 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 like singing it. And we were like, I guess we do like it. <laughs> the right. more we listen to it, it's stuck in my head. It's catchy. And it is like enjoyable to listen to. You just feel happy. Like it's just a happy song. But substance wise, I just don't know. So I guess that like kind of brings me to another question because I've talked to obviously a lot of people about it because I just like analyzing it, right? Oh, you? Analyzing Me, things? I know. You like that? Overanalyzing anything. Um, <laughs> but like the, I guess consensus has been that they don't really care for the song, but the more they listen to it, yeah. it gets stuck in their head. But yeah. they, that may be the product of creating a perfect formulaic pop song. So the more times you hear it, it's just like you can't help it. And then it's in your head, even though from the like start, you may have not really liked it. And then I read a couple of articles like ripping it to shreds, basically saying like, the contents of the song is just like garbage. But again, the way that it's pieced together makes it just like, like, I guess very palatable. So you're like, Oh, okay. Um, and then it just gets stuck in your head. Yeah. Well, like I forgot my like one comment. Well, the first time I listened to the song is I was like, every 13 year old boy I know had a shirt that said, you can't spell awesome without me. And now you're using this as a lyric as though this is a new idea that you just came up with. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a cheesy phrase from right. like graphic tees. So in that same vein of like 13 year old, I'm sorry, Taylor, I love you. <laughs> um, but I asked one of my sister's friends who's a big Taylor fan. And I was like, okay, tell me what you think of the song. And she said, I think this song seems like she's trying. Mm-hmm. With her other songs, it seems like it came from her heart. Yes. Like she was going yeah. through a breakup and it it might have been a cheesy song about a breakup, but you knew that like she was going through that breakup. So yeah. you're like, yeah. You could still it, feel the heart in it right, even if it was right. cheesy. She was like, this just seems like a complete deviation of like basically relatability that she's just like, she's just trying to write yeah. a song. Right. And it's not like, you know teardrops on my guitar or anything like that where or, or I think her example was all too well she was like Ugh, that was I a mean, great song and song. she was like ta- almost to your point she was like Taylor's capable of so much more yeah I don't know why she's like essentially writing this right you know well, and even circling back to when we were talking about Taylor's tour and how we super enjoyed her playing dancing with her hands tied acoustic and stripped down and we were mm-hmm. like oh wow this is actually a well-written song it's catchy. It has a beautiful melody even when she's playing it simply with just her and a guitar. Yeah. It's like, you are capable of that and when you strip a song back to that, it should still be that good. Even if it's like a big dancey pop right. song, like yeah, when yeah, you yeah. strip it down, the bones should still be that good. 
when the you bones strip are down good. <laughs> yeah the house don't fall when the bones are good mary morris <laughs> said it best um but like when you strip down me you're just stuck with you can't spell awesome without me and i'm sorry <laughs> it's not enough for me yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a no Ooh, for me dog. Look, at that. <laughs> look at that wow that's all right rose. i'm gonna go now uh yeah that's rose speaking um <laughs> Yeah, I just, so I guess that makes me like super curious to hear the rest of the album. Here's the thing too, though. A lot of people have made this point. Usually the first single she releases from her albums is never necessarily the best song. Yeah. It's always kind of like a cheesy, because like we are never getting back together and like songs like that. I like that one. But it's cheesy and it's like. Yeah. It's a it's bop, not, though. And it's not the best one from that album. But like, do you remember all the goat memes from that one? <laughs> Yes, I do. It's really good. I do. Anyway, yeah, no, I agree with you. And I wonder if, like, now since she's, like, on a new label and stuff, that she's testing it out. Like, what Maybe. if, like, her um, her album, you know what I mean? She changes direction when, I don't know. Or she may say, okay, people loved it. I yeah. don't know what, like, the overall from the general population consensus is. I mean, do they do polling on it? I mean, from what I've gathered from my own personal social media research – I have gathered that it's kind of split down the middle. Some people really enjoy it mm-hmm. and some people hate it. And it's kind of like a 50-50. However, the people that really enjoy it don't necessarily like they're not necessarily over the moon for it. Right. Yeah, they're just yeah, like yeah. it's poppy and it's fun and it's and enjoyable it's, to listen yeah. to. Right. Hmm. So we'll see. I I have high hopes for the album still. I'm hoping that it's got more depth to it. Got it. My fingers are crossed. Fingers are crossed. Yes. Okay. But I'm ready for this Dixie Chicks duet or collab. Oh, right. Because she like had them in the background. So that's a theory now. Oh, yeah. Right. No, she's absolutely like there's absolutely a song with the Dixie Chicks because in the music video, there was a wall of picture frames that had one of them was a painting of the Dixie Chicks, which I like noticed right away it was the first thing i noticed in the music video right and then the rest of the paintings on the wall were um pictures of like baby chicks and so i was like oh my gosh it's the dixie chicks for sure yeah and then she was on the cover of entertainment weekly and Mm -hmm. she was wearing this denim jacket with a bunch of buttons on it and you know taylor swift never does anything by accident like everything is intentional everything is super specifically thought through and so everyone was analyzing all the buttons on her jacket, and one of the buttons had the Dixie Chicks on it also. Oh, got so it. So everyone's like, all right, this is Low for key, sure is thing. she managing the chicks? <laughs> oh, my God. That would be wild. <laughs> that would be. Could you imagine? I mean, like, that's some, some good marketing there. Maybe she's managing them. But she's not doing country anymore. Well, that's what I was confused about, because when everyone, like, when the mural thing came up, they were like, oh, thank God, she's coming back to country. We're going to get a country album. But then she released me, which is right. very not country. Which, like, if you looked at the mural, I don't know why anyone would think country from that. It looks know. like a pop dream. Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. like a Paramore album cover. Well, I don't know. Maybe because she was, like, chose Nashville to yeah. release it or whatever. But yeah. it was just weird. And I was like, okay, maybe it's a country song. But it was definitely wasn't. Nope. Uh, what did you think about Brendan Urie being on that from Panic! at the Disco? So I love Panic! at the Disco. And I yeah. thought, like... Honestly, I thought his part sounded great. Again, yeah. I mean, as a part of the whole, sure, it was fine, but the whole I just didn't love. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it was interesting she chose him 
But he, I think, if you're thinking about it strategically, which I would assume she is, like, Panic at the Disco has had a lot of radio success. Totally. So if you're going to do a duet, like, you might as well do a duet with someone that's getting played. Yeah, makes sense. And, like, he had that song, I don't, recently, that's been all over the radio. High Hopes. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. And it's it's just been, yeah, it's just been everywhere. Yeah. And I don't even love that song that much, but I hear it at least, like, four times a day. Yeah. But you're so. still familiar with their music, even if, like, you don't necessarily. Right. It's not even up your alley. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you hear it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I feel like Panic! at the Disco, and specifically Brendan, has, like, a cult following. Oh, yeah. Like, people mm-hmm. who love them, love them. Like, oh, are yeah. die hard. And they've honestly, they've, they've been around a long time now. Yeah. Which, like, I didn't really think about in, until I started thinking about I Write Sins, Not Tragedies, and how long yeah. ago it was that I first heard that song. Well, and I... Like, were we in... I think I might have been in high school. Yeah. So, the funny part about that is, like, I know people that, like, were into emo and punk bands that mm-hmm. were really into them, but they've almost, like, withstood the test of time. Yeah. So, now they're, like, on pop radio. And almost right... I mean, it still has, like, I think some punk themes to it but like it's it's pop music yeah it's got and an like, edge to it but it's right. still yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah but it's like it's funny these like hardcore kids were super into them right like them and like fallout boy totally and dashboard yeah. and now it's uh, just like that was me yeah 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 <laughs> for sure um and now he's like on pop radio doing duets with taylor swift yeah. you know what i mean right but i mean wild. they're still like i think selling well and doing all that stuff so it's like, well and it's wild too like Let's say I was listening to Panic at the Disco when I was in high school, which I'm pretty sure it was high school when that came out. Now, my niece, who's 16 years old, like, loves Panic at the Disco. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Well, and so my siblings are the same way because I used to play them in the car. Yeah. So that's how they would listen to music. And they, like, they know the old Panic at the Disco. Yeah. So I was talking to my brother about the song and he was like, yeah, this is the same band that, like, and he sent me one of the lyrics from... I write sins. Yeah. Er, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like not PC for oh, radio. No. And yeah, it was he like, was like, yeah, this is the same dude. The poor bro- groom's bride is a whore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And he was like, yep, same dude. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like they've gone through a transition. There's a lot of that though. Like this is like totally veering off. But um, even Paramore, Haley Williams had that yeah. one uh line in misery business right well and she actually apologized for it recently and she was like look like i shouldn't have really written that line and but like i mean and again without opening a can of worms she was like this is where i was in my life yeah this is my age like and i wrote how i was feeling yeah and it also was a different time when like people i mean some people were of course mad about it but it wasn't like i feel like now now it's just like you can't speak about people that way. Right. Whereas like then it was just a lot more acceptable, but, unfortunately, you know, but like it just yeah. was. And that is like one of Paramore's biggest songs. Like oh, yeah. you remember at the show, she pulled that fan on stage. Yeah. And like that girl that was on stage singing it with her knew every single word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did not. I knew oh most gosh. of the words, but not every single word. I was on a road trip with my brother recently and I made him pick a CD because I was like, I had CDs in my car and I was like, I'm bored with these playlists. Like, just pick one of these and let's just listen to a whole album. And he picked Paramore, uh, Riot, which was the one oh, with Misery yeah. Business, saying every single word to every single song. Oh and I was God. like, how do I still remember these? It's so good. So, so good. 
Yeah. I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I know every word to right. every song. <laughs> exactly. Um, but in the same vein as, I guess, like new music coming out. And like speaking of high school, actually for me, it was college. But Vampire Weekend oh, was yeah. like a cult band in college. It was like, oh, these cool hipster kids from Columbia like made this <laughs> band. And it's just like really fun, uh, good music. And they just released a new album. Yeah. What do you think? Have you well, have you listened to it? I have. I actually really like it. Um, I have been hearing some mixed reviews, but I really, really enjoy it. I think it's a little different from the rest of their stuff, but it's good. Well, okay. So I'm one of those people that like, I guess didn't really enjoy it. And I think it's because I'm such a fan of their older stuff. Like, I just love like, you know what I mean? Oxford comma. It just, and I, and it may be like a nostalgia thing. Like, I know exactly what I was doing in college listening to those songs, like out on a lake drinking. Right. Um, and like at parties drinking when those songs came on. So like I immediately go to that. And I think when I hear the new album or when I did hear the new album, I was like, mm, this isn't doing it for me. But that's like an unjust expectation of the yeah. new album, right? Yeah. Like I'm definitely not in college anymore. I'm at a different stage in my life. And so are they. Right. Right. Like, totally. So, well, and like there, there are a couple songs on the album that I think are reminiscent of their older stuff, like "Sunflower." Yeah, is one that I really like that I think sounds like the older stuff. But I actually really like the songs with uh, Danielle Heim of the band Heim, who Justine doesn't love. Sorry, it's stupid. I mean, kill Seriously. me. I don't love Heim, the band. Like you're dead to me. I, know. I don't understand. I'm sorry. What's not to like? Harmonies, like- sisters, amazing hair, amazing guitar playing. I just, What's like, the problem? I think they're overhyped. Like, I enjoy them. I just don't, like, love them. Like, I would go to a show with you, but no, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, I don't want to pay $80 to yeah, see Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. Also, this is, like, besides the point, but ticket prices are out of control. Like. Literally, Ticketmaster can suck it. Well, there's a lot of people in that line yeah, that, know. like, make it. But, like. Tickets for shows are just, like, now I don't blink an eye. I don't remember the last show I paid less than $50 to, like, go to. Yeah. Unless it's at one of our local venues. Yeah, at the basement and then it's, like, $10. Yeah. yeah, and then it's, like, if this is $30 at this venue, then it better be a damn good show. Because, right. like, that's a big deal. Totally. But, like, if you go to the Ryman or Bridgestone, like, there are no more cheap tickets oh no or affordable tickets no if you go to the ryman 50 a 50 dollars ticket ticket would be so cheap yeah and that's 50 like that's all sad. in by yeah. the time fees and all of that's added in it's like 80 bucks that's why Ticketmaster can suck it yeah i know i know seriously i don't even care i've had like two glasses of rose and i'm here to say i hate Ticketmaster. sometimes the artists get part of that fee sometimes yeah but sometimes, like not they probably the I know. We don't even need to get into it. That's just... It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. A lot but, but... No, ticket prices are expensive, and I probably wouldn't pay $80 to see Heim, but, like, I would pay 60 <laughs> <laughs> So, a $20 difference. <laughs> if anyone has a free Heim ticket, for sure give it to Lauren. Please. I love them. I've actually been, like, preaching the Heim gospel lately. I, like, I've been telling a lot of people to listen to them. They, they don't, don't even, even have a new album, I know, though, right? I know. But, You're like... just promoting them. I am. I just had a, a resurgence of love for them. Because I had forgotten how good some of their songs are. 
But anyways, point being, Danielle from Heim is on, I think, three or four songs on the new Vampire Weekend album, which is so random. Like, I would, if you told me that Vampire Weekend was releasing an album and there's a female vocalist from, like, a trendy band from the last seven years who was featured on several songs, the last person on earth that I would have guessed that it was would be Danielle Heim. Really? Yeah, like, it's so random. No, it is so random. But I could also see... Um, those <laughs> bands being friends. I guess, yeah. I could see it. Makes sense. I could see it. It's interesting. It is. Yeah. But you don't love the, the new Vampire Weekend. No, I don't love it. But again, my expectations are just unattainable because of like what the last two albums did for me. You know what I bet? Hmm. I bet if you had some of the songs on a playlist that was just on shuffle with some other stuff and one of those songs came on and you didn't know what it was and you listened to it, you would like it. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the move. Yeah. I'll just like slide it into you my gotta playlist. Trick yourself. <laughs> slide kids, into the DMs. Yeah, I was about to say, as a kid, slide into the DMs. I'm gonna just slide songs <laughs> into my playlist. I mean, you know what? You gotta do what you gotta do out here. You do. You gotta trick your brain sometimes. You do. Um, you self sabotage. What other albums have you been listening to that have come out? That's a good question. Well, first of all, Billie Eilish is still just insane, right? Insane. And I don't, I don't really think we've talked about her on the pod. No, I don't think so. Um, I Well, did we talk about her in the last episode? Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe. I didn't really... There were a couple of songs of Billy's that I liked, mostly the slower ones, because that's my aesthetic. Yeah. Um, But I didn't really like get the whole hype around her until I watched one of her Instagram uh, videos, and it was like, just this video of like her saying weird stuff on tour, just like this weird compilation of her doing stuff. And I finally got it just like watching her. She's a fascinating human being. And she's, she's one of those people. I don't know if you've ever met someone who just like has this draw to them. Mm -hmm. She has that. Like you just want to know what she's doing. You want to know what she thinks is cool. You want to know like, everything about her she's right. just fascinating right and she's so young no she is really young i think she's 17 yeah well and her brother is the one that's like really um helped her out and stuff i think yeah, with yes yeah yeah um with the artist career which is really cool but i think he co-writes i think she's co-written most of her songs with him yeah and they like come yeah. from a musical family and stuff like that but um I was talking to my test market, which is obviously my siblings. (laughs) And I was talking to my brother about it. And I was like, does everyone love Billie Eilish? And he was like, yeah, it's like the music when you're all up in your feels. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. So it's like our, uh, it's Mm -hmm. our Drake take care. Totally. (laughs) Um, But like, I think we actually did talk about her on one of the episodes because we were talking about Coachella and stuff. Um, Oh, that's right. But she uh and and I think I said this that like she's been compared by Dave Grohl as being like the nirvana of her generation. What? And I can kind of get it. It's yeah. like kind of like sad music. Well, well, it's you know what I mean? It's that, but it's I think it's more so the fact that like like we were just saying like like how she has that draw to her 
It's like the same draw that Kurt Cobain had. Yeah. You just immediately, like, there was something about him that you were like, you're cool. I want anything that you think is cool, I'm going to think is cool. Right. But in like a, almost like, not grunge, but like almost a rebellious way. Yeah. It's just right? like you like, don't give a crap about anything. Yeah. It's which is just like, cool. and she even, and again, we touched on this before, but like the way she performs on stage, like. She's not in, like, skimpy outfits. She's oh, no. in, like, oversized T-shirts. Yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, um, I she was part of the new Calvin Klein campaign. I think it's called In My Calvins. And so each of the um, people who were in the campaign had these little videos on their Instagram. Yeah. And her video, she was talking about how she wears baggy clothes because she's like, you can't say anything about my body if you can't see it basically. And she's like, you can't say that I have a flat butt and you can't say that I'm like slim thick. You can't say anything. Cause she was like, you don't see it. So like you have to say something else about me. Oh wow. That's yeah. And cool. so, so a lot of people were just like, Oh, she literally dresses this way so that she can't be body shamed or slut shamed or whatever. Right. And it made a lot of sense, but she also was just part of that. Like the new style of like trendy kids from LA is to dress like to wear Jinkos and a bunch of jewelry and like tiny sunglasses and dress like you are from Adelia's catalog from 1994. Yeah. But even with like, I was thinking about the oversized stuff. Like I would just like look not good. Oh my God. I <laughs> like, would look hideous. Yeah. It's like that only works. And I like hate to say this cause this is like the opposite of what like Billy was probably going for, but it only works if you have a certain body type. Mm-hmm. Like if you actually do like have another body type, it's like, no, actually that like shirt with no shape doesn't do you any favors. Yeah. Like I would look like a blob. Yeah, totally. I would look like the, um, the girl who turns into a blueberry on Charlie and the chocolate. Factory. Yeah, yeah. Same. That's like what I think of when like, I see all of this stuff and like kids look cool or good oh, yeah. in it. And it I'm makes like, me mad. But, okay, hold on. This is, like, again, another deviation. But, like, speaking of Calvin Klein, Sean Mendes' ads. Ooh. Like, mm. the the guy's been working Dang. out. Sean is looking good. He's been, like, eating his Wheaties. <laughs> he has. He's looking real good. He's also just such a, like, baby-faced beauty. Yeah, he's a really attractive human being. Yeah. Um. What do you think about his new song, um, if I can't have you. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Uh, I love it. I think it's a bop. Yeah. I like truly love it. I think it's awesome, honestly. I'm into it too. I think it's amazing. Wait, so what's the best thing you've listened to recently? Ooh. So, okay, this is super new. And I think it was per your recommendation, but it was today. Um, I was listening to The Head and the Heart. Ooh, yeah. And that new album is really good. good. And I was listening yeah. to the song Misconnection. Yeah. Oh, that's a Love good one. Love that song. song. I like couldn't stop on it. I really like it. And it's kind of, that's kind of a different album for them too, I feel like in a way. It's yeah. a little less Americana-y. No, it was, it, it, yeah, I don't know how to describe it because I was like, oh, it's almost more poppy, but it's not yeah. pop. Yeah. But it was like up-tempo stuff. Right. And I was like. Like this song, I was I had the album on and I and the song came on and I was like, "What is yeah. this? Like this is really good." I really like that one too. It's a good concept too, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like it's hard to listen to a song like that, Misconnection, and it's such a like well thought out idea, and then listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And you're like, this one song that maybe was written in five minutes is breaking records. And like this other song is going to be heard by a fraction of the people. And it just bums right. me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I really, that's been the most recent thing where I'm like, woof. This is a jam. I love this one. Well, yeah. and I've been listening to the Sheeran Bieber song too. Love that one as well. Obviously. So good. Obviously. It's so good. What about you? Like the top, top ones. You've mentioned Billy. Um, what did you, ooh, we didn't talk about this. Carly Ray. Carly Ray. What do you think? I, I need to spend some more time with the new album. Um, there are some songs on it though that are bangers for sure. Yeah. She just, she knows how to write a pop song. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. she really does. And, and she also, even though she is writing just like pure, pure pop, she has some good concepts too. And some of her songs might be a little, you know, less deep, but some of them genuinely do have like interesting topics, you know? Yeah. Which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, there's some bangers. I can't wait to dance at her show. We're going to her show at the Ryman. Um, or I'm going to her show at the Ryman. Rude. And I truly can't I'm wait not. to dance at it. You, it could be you. <laughs> I could still go. You could still I'm go. I'm excited to go dance at Lizzo's show. Oh, also freaking Lizzo's album. Yeah, it's good. Are you kidding? It's really good. So serious, serious FOMO. All of Nashville like squeezed into the cannery last week. Oh, maybe yeah. the week before. Yeah. And they like everyone that I know that went said it was the best uh show that they've been to like oh my gosh. in a very, very long time. I saw some Instagram stories and I was getting amped. For I know. The it just looked like everyone was dancing, yeah. living their best oh, life. Absolutely. And I was like, I'm jealous I'm not there right now. Lizzo is just Lizzo has done such amazing things for like self confidence. Oh, you yeah. turn on juice and you are like no man can tell me anything. Like I can't am, tell me nothing. Yeah. Like I am thriving. I am beautiful. I am cool. I'm a boss. Like it's the best feel good music. Yeah. That's and what actually I feel like, I feel like there's definitely a certain bubble that's been aware of Lizzo, but she's still not quite super, super mainstream yet. But wait until she is. Well, I feel like it's like, it's starting already because in this original Netflix movie that came out yeah. a couple weeks ago. I forget what it's called. It's like a rom-com. Um, they Two of the main characters were uh, dancing to Truth Hurts. Oh, wow. And so everyone was like, what is this song? And it like started trending, I think. Oh, that's cool. Um, on Spotify after that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so everyone that went to that show literally said it was awesome. And, like, they said kind of what you were saying. Like, it's, like, feel good. Totally. So I feel like once she blows up, maybe after the Netflix show or whatever, then everyone's going to be like, oh, this music is, like, the empowerment theme that I needed. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and like, we were – I don't think I was talking to you about it, but I was talking to someone else about how it's, like, different from, be, like, Beyonce because, like, Beyonce's on this, like, almost godlike pedestal that you'll just never be able to, like, reach. But Lizzo is, like, a lot more relatable. Totally. So you're like, oh, the, this is actually me. Like, yeah. Beyonce is like, you know, love your hair, do whatever. But you're like, Beyonce, like, you go to Target and, like, 
a million dollar outfit. Like I she go doesn't to even go to Target. Target. She sends an assistant to Target. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lizzo's going to Target. Yeah, Lizzo's, no, no, no. Lizzo's going to Walmart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lizzo is for sure like going to all the stores and like doing her own yeah. like stuff. I will be dancing at her show for a full ninety minutes, and you will be embarrassed. And it's I'm fine. so excited. I'm gonna dance too. Okay, good. I think every single person in the venue will be, so we won't be alone. Right. So it'll be fine. Uh, should we talk about Anderson Park? Yes. We went to his show last night. At Ascend Amphitheater, which is the amphitheater downtown Nashville. It was awesome. <laughs> and No, it was just like a little underwhelming. But that may be par for the course for all of the shows there. Yeah, and... And I was thinking this too. We saw Anderson last year at Bonnaroo. We were both blown away by his set, which I honestly think we talked about on the podcast. Yeah. We were blown away by his set. He was just so fun and so energetic. And then last night, I think it was the same show, but we were like back in the lawn. I don't know about you, but I couldn't even really see the stage. Yeah. Nor could I really see the screen. So I was kind of just listening and like seeing movement. Right. right. The production right. movement. And then it was like kind of a weird crowd because some people were, it was like a hipster crowd. So some people were dancing, like one-offs were dancing. Yeah. But then everyone was just kind of like standing there. Yeah. It was weird. Definitely, we were dancing. Yeah. It was just weird. Yeah. It was, it was definitely an interesting crowd, but he just attracts an interesting demographic, which we were talking about last night. Cause like he does have like, the hip hop people who just like hip hop. And then it's also now kind of trendy and like hipstery to like, like an indie hip hop artist. You know what I mean? It's like, it's cool to like Frank Ocean, but like Kanye is too mainstream. So you can't like Kanye. Right. Or Drake. It's just, everyone just kind of hops on board with like, what's cool. Yeah. yeah, And he's cool right now. Well, and our, we ran into a friend there and our friend was saying like, I guess because he's such an amazing instrumentalist mm-hmm. that like the music theory nerd kids were all about him right. because he plays the drums and sings. He's honestly his- an incredible drummer. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe he sings and like holds that melody while mm-hmm. drumming. Yeah. And I think one at one point last night, we both like looked at each other and you were like, how is he doing? Because he was like slaying on the drums, some like crazy rhythm and also rapping. And we were just like, how i can't i can't even like just rap that (laughs) like what right i can't even like talk in complete senses yeah no me either so it's he's impressive and that makes sense like that music theory nerds would be into him too i think it was a fun show overall i think he actually has he has backup dancers he has a full band he has horns he has a lot going on so it was entertaining for sure but it's hard to be entertained when you're on the lawn and you can't see anything. Right. Well, so that also brings up an interesting point because I was talking to a few other people about it, about that stage specifically. Like the Ascend stage is massive. Mm -hmm. And to like actually take up space, I think is like very, very difficult. Like you have your screens and stuff, right? From a production standpoint. Yeah. But in terms of like movement, you can't really do all that much because you're limited. And then Mm -hmm. like- the space itself is huge. And I've heard the same thing about like the Ryman and what they do is like, they bring the curtain up, I think kind of further. Mm -hmm. So the stage looks smaller. So you're not just like swallowed by it. But I think, and I think we talked about it on the podcast, but I went to Halsey 
And like she was almost consumed by the stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I almost felt that way with like Anderson as well. Like I almost felt like the drum set should be in the middle, like almost, you know, up front than in the back where he was. Yeah. Because the way it was set up, it was like a a set of stairs. So there was like an upper platform area, but there was a screen on front of the platform. Mm -hmm. And then like the drum set was in the middle of the platform. So he kind of like raised up yeah at the start of the show like the drum set just kind of appeared on the upper platform but then like that's where the drum set stayed whereas like he kind of walked down the stairs and was kind of dancing in front yeah yeah so maybe that would have been better but it's also it's just so far away yeah yeah yeah. no it's true uh from the lawn area like and, and i usually sit on the lawn like most of the time if i go to an amphitheater show like you're on the lawn because a it's cheaper and b you just kind of Right. You just want to dance around and whatever. But I have sat in the seats once at Ascend, and I was so blown away with how close I felt to the stage compared to the lawn. Yeah. And even still not being that close, but being like, this is a I can't show. believe. Yeah. Totally. You can just yeah. see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's hard to engage with a show when you can't see the artist's facial expressions. You can't really see like the way that they're engaging with the people that they can see mm-hmm. and connect well, to and you brought up i think a good point last night like the side screens weren't really a close-up of any of the performers on yeah. the stage it was it's just weird. another visual of the stage so you could already see that and like the yeah, it was point just like a zoomed those, out video yeah. of the stage basically it, yeah. and the point of those side screens really is to give the people in the lawn and the cheap seats like visuals of the performer's face but like yeah. they didn't have that which yeah, is it was weird, weird. And they did that i think for the Ray show as well, mm-hmm. like Ray they they may have been off. I don't even know, but like I was just like, mm, like why aren't they using these? Yeah, so they could. I think they could have better use of those for sure. But it may be like something the artist wants as well. Like they may not want a camera right up on them. Yeah, but still, but it was a fun show. Yeah, it was. I think like, overall it was good. It was just super different from Bonnaroo. Yeah, but like you also just can't not have a fun time listening to his music, right? For it's sure. And it was so like a joyful. beautiful night outside. Yeah. I think everyone was just like having fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I also dragged Justine to a Julia Jacqueline show recently. Yeah. At um the Blue Room at Third Man. Um, what did you think about the show? Well, for those of you who don't know, Julia Jacqueline is an Australian singer-songwriter. Beautiful, sad, along the same lines as like Julian Baker and Phoebe mm-hmm. Bridgers and that whole like sad singer songwriter girl crew. What did you think about it? I thought she was good. I, so I just thought the show itself was like not that entertaining. Yeah. Um, and it may have been because she was like super quiet and that, and also the audience there was super quiet. Everyone was very attentive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, like, you brought up a good point. Her voice sounds like almost like one of those, like, 60s movies singers. Yeah, like it's very vocals. old school sounding. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's very beautiful. But I, in terms of, like, entertainment and, like, she might have been shy. See, she seems like she has a very, like, shy personality. Yeah. I was like, ah, uh, this is, like, I thought it was nice, but not one of my favorites. But you were bored. Yeah, I was bored. That's fine to say. What did you think? Well, I loved it, but it also was a little slow paced and super, super chill, 
which like this is something that we kind of talked about after the show but it's it's always difficult to go to a show where you're not that familiar with the music or not at all familiar with it yeah because it's hard to engage with with a song like that because like I feel like with an upbeat band or something, it's like, even if you can't hear the words and you don't know the words, you're feeling like the beat and you're like, this is a good jam. You could dance along to it. When it's like a singer songwriter, you can't necessarily hear all the lyrics and pay attention to the songs. You're just kind of, there's nothing to necessarily connect to unless you, I don't know. Yeah. Just happen to be feeling it. I don't know. But that's a good point. Like in that, that's what you brought up. Like I, in, for people listening, I had not heard her music before going to the show. And then I went and it like, there were a lot of industry people there. So I think she has like big following yeah. kind of thing. But um, yeah, I was just like, I could see myself listening to it alone. Some like while I'm doing something or whatever, or whatever, whatever I do when I'm listening to music yeah. and then like having a connection and then wanting to go see it. But like, to your point, it, it wasn't the opposite. And sometimes, like, I've seen bands where I don't necessarily love the music at first when I listen to that album. Then I go see them. Mm-hmm. And I love the show. Then yeah. I listen to the album again. And I'm totally. like, whoa, this is the best album ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind yeah. of thing. So it's just, it's interesting how that works. That wildly is how I felt about Brandy Carlisle. Yeah. I think we talked about this. Yeah. Like, I didn't, when I first had heard her music, I was like, I mean, I like this song. It's cool. Yeah. But like, I wasn't necessarily over the moon. And then I saw her live once and I was like, oh, oh I, get I get it, it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, I think a lot of people felt that way because a few friends texted me after her Grammy performance and they were like, whoa, Brandi Carlisle. And yeah. I was like, yeah, she's awesome. You're like, yeah, we know. We're from Nashville. We know. She's part of the Nashville. Yeah. Nashville bubble. She lives in Seattle, but we know. But yeah. She's like, we, we essentially adopted her. Yeah, she's one of ours. So circling back to Justin Bieber. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, speaking of Justin and his very famous manager, Scooter Braun. Scooter, last weekend, I think it was, signed Demi Lovato. I think that it makes terribly great sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got Justin. He's got Ariana. Mm -hmm. So, like, Demi kind of fits right in there. Yeah. Was was Demi a Disney person too? Oh yeah, she was mm-hmm. right. Yep. Yeah, so like it just makes sense, right? Yeah, totally. That's like Scooter's lineup. I'm interested to see what Demi does next too, mm-hmm. though, because since her last album, she's had a lot of personal stuff going yeah. on. So I'm interested to see where she goes next. But she's always had a great voice. She's <laughs> sorry, I keep bringing up my fam. No. <laughs> But literally, she's my sister and her friends are like obsessed with her because they watched her on the Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they like essentially became fans because of that. So now they follow her. And like my sister has said, it's one of the best live shows she's ever been to. Oh, yeah. That Demi's voice is just like insane. It's amazing. I've seen her live a couple of times actually. And she puts on a really fun show. And it's surprising to hear how many hits that she's had that you don't realize Mm -hmm. even. Yeah. Um, But she really does have a great voice. I mean, I remember a lot of the Disney Channel kids, it's like their voices are whatever. Yeah. But I remember when she was on Camp Rock throwback um, with the Joe Bros. Oh, we got to talk about them. Pause that thought. Um, But I remember hearing her singing and being like, 
oh, she actually has a good voice. Yeah, like, she's yeah. actually really good. And she turned it into an actual career, which is hard to do as well. Yeah. Well, I, now I'm super curious to that point because, yeah. like, Scooter doesn't do anything on a small scale. So I'm sure her next album will be very big. It will. You know what I've been seeing recently, too? Hmm. She's been commenting a lot on BB Rex's Instagram photos. Oh, maybe she's working with her. Yeah, or maybe they're going to date. What? Demi is, like, I'm pretty sure bisexual. Oh, good for her. Yeah. So and I'm pretty sure BB is also. Maybe they're dating. So I kind of ship it. You know? Wait, you kind of what? Ship it. What does that mean? Justine. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, my God. Like, Amazon ship it? <laughs> Did you prime it? Like, okay. I think this began on Tumblr. What? And it's what? like, if you... Uh, am I old? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you support a relationship, so you ship it. So, like, people would, like, watch TV shows and they'd be like, oh, like, I totally ship Rachel and Joey from Friends, you know? So you support it. I support it, yeah. I think they should be in a relationship, so I ship it. So you <laughs> support the relationship. or It's not that you wish it in the atmosphere. Or, it, it could be both. It's both. It's yeah. you, like you want it to happen and you support it. Totally, yeah. Wow. So like... You learn something new every day, Justine. Yeah. Is this the same as like when I order food? Oh my God. <laughs> no, seriously. Like... What? I support it. Like I ship it. <laughs> no. Not not like having it physically shipped, but like I'm supporting my relationship with takeout <laughs> right now. If you're a freak, sure. Oh. That's the same. Okay. Well. <laughs> Got it. I ship it. Yeah, it's like Do you say ship it or I ship it? You just say I, you would say I ship it. I ship it. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Is this real? Did you yes. just like April fools me? No, it's not even May. April. In May. <laughs> okay. I ship it. Got it. Ship it. Well, speaking of relationships, uh, the Joe bros are all married. Oh, my gosh. I ship it. I ship it big time. Um, What do you think about Joe's Vegas wedding? So I didn't, like, get all up in it. I heard about it on social media, (laughs) and then I was just... I didn't get all up in it? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I heard about it on social media, and I was like, I just, I don't have time for this right now. And I was just like, okay, he's the final one to get married, right? Like, he's married. It was so funny, too, because, like, people were comparing Nick's wedding to Joe's. And Nick had this elaborate, like, multi-day celebration wedding with Priyanka. And then it's like, Joe just, like, went to Vegas. I love it. But apparently it was a whole thing where um, they wanted to get married at wherever, like, from, in wherever Sophia, is that what her name is? Sophie. Okay. Wherever Sophie lives, because I think she's British or something. And in order to get there, they had to, like, have the marriage actually recognized in the United States. Okay. But they were going to have their ceremony elsewhere. Okay. So, like, they just needed to make it legal in the U.S. Well, and they're going to have an actual. You have to go to Vegas. You can go to the courthouse. Well, yeah, right. But they were just, like, already in Vegas. You know oh, what I mean? So got it. They were just like, we might as well do it while we're here. Like, oh, Diplo, okay. Instagram lives, the whole thing. Uh, he did not. Yeah. He did. I watched it. Wow. Khalid was there. Of course. Was this like at an award show? It was after the Billboard Music Awards. So they were just like, okay, let's get married. I guess. I don't know if they had pre-planned it or what. Wow. But all of a sudden, Diplo is just like living from this chapel and everyone was like, 
uh, I guess they got married. Like weird, what? crazy. Yeah. That's cool. And um, who, oh my gosh, who was it? Somebody. Perf- oh, Dan and Shay were there and performed a song as they were getting married. Wow. I think they did Speechless or like that is something. crazy. Yeah. That is super crazy and really cool. I know. Like I want Khalid and Diplo and Dan and Shay at my wedding too. Yeah, that sounds like and an the awesome. Bros. Yeah. Um. So one, what do you think of their new music? And two. Did you see the like tour sell out in like two seconds? Yeah, everyone is here for a comeback. Like everyone is yeah. here for a throwback show. Well, and did you see the trailer for the documentary? I did not see the trailer, but I will ten out of ten watch it. Yeah, I think it's gonna. It's uh, the trailer's on YouTube, and it may one of the streaming services has the exclusive on the documentary. Ooh. But it's basically. Mm, Nick, Nick, it's Nick <laughs> uh, talking about how he was talking to his brothers and like essentially broke up the band. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're a super fan. You So you know all this. Well, I actually like the Joe Bros were a little after my time. You know what I mean? Like I think they appealed right. to like a slightly younger demographic than me, but just, just younger enough to where I still liked them and mm-hmm. I still listened to their music, but I wasn't like – They weren't my sync. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. NSYNC was my NSYNC. Right. Um, but I still liked them. Still was like familiar with their music, but I wasn't over the top fan. Um, but especially once they, once Nick and Joe started doing their solo career stuff, like mm-hmm. I've loved all of Nick's music. I'm sorry. Jealous is like one of the greatest songs of our generation. Yeah. I and do. I'm not sorry about it. No, I like <laughs> that one. And I liked uh, DN- DNCE. Yeah. yeah. I like that Great pop songs. Totally. Um, with Ashley Graham and his music video. Oh, so yes. good. Um, um, but the, the yeah. new music is good. That, though, the trailer is about like, I guess, Nick talking about how he wanted to go out on his own and like give it a break for a minute. And he thought his brothers were never going to talk to him again because it was like at the height of everything. And then like their comeback essentially. Yeah. But like I, so they were definitely after my time because I'm older than you. And like, I just didn't realize how popular and how big of a following they have so much so that like Bridgestone arena is sold out like oh, yeah. in two seconds. Dude, people are here for a throwback. And now we're at the point where the people who are like the peak Jonas brothers fans are old enough to be buying concert tickets. Yeah. So they can go. They're, they just now have a little bit of disposable income where they're like, sure, I'm going to yeah. splurge 80 bucks go. on a ticket. 80. Um, well, 80 plus. Yeah. Yeah. 80 um, for the nosebleeds. Right. So I think it'll be good. And honestly, their new music is Real lit good. as hell. Yeah, I know. Sucker. I are so you good. joking? It's, it's so, so good. good. I had a resurgence of loving it over the past couple, like the past week or two. Maybe that's the song of summer if we don't get you like another one. I support it. That can be like I ship the it. summer song of the music buzz. Ship it. Ship it. <laughs> ship it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm now going to overuse that in very yeah, wrong should. ways. You should. Yeah. I support it. Um, And what was their other song that they released? There's Sucker and then Cool. Cool. I think, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like Cool as much, but I did like yeah, Sucker. And too. I feel like the album's just going to be banger oh, after banger. I am ready. I love it. I love the Joe Bros. They honest, Nick and uh, Joe have really great voices. Yeah. they re- They both really do. Yeah. I enjoy them. And you know what? Kevin's cute. <laughs> and I know that everyone thinks that like he's disposable, but like 
he's cute. He has like a nice family. He's <laughs> definitely like holding their lives together. He's like controlling the cash. He's doing the business deals. And you know what? Justice for Kevin. Kevin deserves just like a vacation and a million dollars. Well, tell us who you really like there, Lauren. You know what? I just feel like he's getting the shaft. <laughs> and I feel bad. Well, he had that show on oh, yeah. Bravo or MTV or something. It was just like him being a dad. It was like, <laughs> okay. but Yeah, you know, but that's respectable. No, it is. But like the problem is he was like a normal dad. There yeah. was no drama. It was like him going to the store. Right. And like his wife decorating their house. Right. Yeah. In New Jersey. It was like cool that's where you're from okay like yeah we need the juice and there's gonna be none of that if you're just like dadding it up now dadding it up totally also i was like oh the jonas brothers are so old whatever kevin's my age (laughs) i actually that seems about right because i think joe is like my age yeah so that makes sense and then nick is probably two years younger or something like that yeah weird yeah it's super weird also, have you ever noticed that Nick Jonas has three front teeth? No. You have to Google that. Everyone go Google that. Um, it will haunt your dreams, but he has three front teeth. <laughs> How do you know that? I've seen it on the internet. What, you know? What kind of internet? I see the memes. I'm going to look it up, but. No, it will really haunt you. Yeah, but Wait. you should look it up. Okay. It's important to see. Oh my God, he does. <laughs> <laughs> It's something you can't unsee, right? Fam, be safe out there. <laughs> Stay hydrated this summer. Stay cool this summer. Cats. Hags. Did you ever write those in yearbooks? Cats and hags. What? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> Cats was like kick ass this summer. Hags was have a great summer. You didn't write those in yearbooks? You're, I feel like I'm 90. <laughs> Welcome to the music buzz. I'm 90 and don't know any of these phrases i'm only like a year younger than you well apparently i live under a rock apparently maybe like maybe your private catholic school just wasn't hip to the drive we were hip we did well apparently cool not because you weren't doing hags and cats i have no response to that. <laughs> i plead the fifth anyway um stay cool stay buzzed stay buzzed later bye